Man, relationships are hard. I know, right? So before we get started, I want you guys to all think about the biggest roadblock in a relationship. So when I count to three, I want you to say it out loud. Okay? One, two, three. Vulnerability. Communication. Communication. Whoa. Yes, Jose. With you. <laughs> I, I heard so many different well I think I heard I heard communication I that heard vulnerability clear yeah. yeah communication was like yes did everyone say communication or Ariel you said it too I said that yeah too. oh my gosh the whole Josh, what you? Oh, we planned it. <laughs> I said uh, ambition. Um, oh. But, okay. All okay. right. That's but, not on my list. But when I wait, heard wait, communication. Wait. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late. Go back. Can't take it back. All right. Well, before we get diving into all these topics and start discussing. Um, all the different things we said, um, we cannot forget our manners. No, we, we must can't. introduce our guest. So, um, Elizabeth, you want to do the honors? Yes. Our first and illustrious uh, guest is a man called Jose. And <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there was no better way to like introduce him. I think um, he'll definitely speak for himself in many different ways. And so can you just share a little bit about yourself, Jose? Um, yeah. So Jose and Aya, um, I'm actually 27 going on 28 relatively soon. So this Friday is going to be my birthday. Um, I am married. And I guess a fun fact about myself. Uh, let's see. So in 2017, my wife and I, we decided to leave the US and just travel around the world. So we spent 2017 living across 17 countries. And that ended up being super epic and life changing. 17. That's right. I, I don't even think I've been outside of the US and I'm 32. <laughs> so kudos to you. <laughs> Thank you for mm -hmm. that. Making me feel like I have done nothing in my travel life. <laughs> Appreciate 2020, it. 2022 is Weird. your year, Nicole. It's, it's right? coming. It's coming. Exactly. It's coming. Um, well, thank you, Jose, and thank you for joining us today. We're going to head on over to um, the most beautiful Miss Kemi. You can tell us a little bit about you. You're too kind. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, like, I, uh, like Nicole said, Kemi, I'm 30, currently single, and um, I shouldn't have gone after Jose because my fun fact just seems pretty lame, but um, I have lived abroad a few times, not 17 countries, but um, most recently I did live in Hong Kong, which is amazing, and I love to travel so i need you know rona to get his act together <laughs> right right rona a letter and you can sign my name too i'll try i'll send a petition well, thank you I'm so much, Kemi. Um, and we always do, we talk about having free ad space. So as you heard, Kemi is single um, and ready to mingle for hey. with sour cream and onion Pringles. So let us uh, just go ahead and put that out there for anyone. She's beautiful. She's intelligent. She's a woman of God. Um, oh you can gosh. go ahead and look at our Instagram page <laughs> and you can see for yourself. Hot and holy, hot and holy. Oh, hashtag make that trend. <laughs> uh, next, we're gonna head over to uh, Josh. He is uh, a very, very interesting. <laughs> 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 
He's a very, very interesting man. And I say that because um, in just having conversations with him, he comes off very, uh, to me, reserved. But then he always has a lot of really good nuggets and very interesting things to say all the time. And that's why we're so excited to have him a part of this episode, because I think he has an amazing perspective and take on life. And so, um, yeah, Josh, tell us about yourself. Well, uh, thank you for that intro. Uh, some of it was cat, but <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, 26. Yeah, I just turned 26 about two weeks ago. And my interesting fact is I was born in Nigeria. Hey. Um, hey. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, pew, grew pew, up pew. there for a pew, little pew. bit <laughs> and uh, moved to the U.S. around fifth or sixth grade. And so ever since then, I've lived in a lot of states. So I want to say more than 17 different cities I've lived in. Um, not countries, but to me, they're still very different. Okay. Oh, East, uh, Jose, did you see he tried to come for your fun fact? I just want you to notice that. So I don't know if you have Ooh. a clap back or rebuttal to that, but Ooh. just wanted to put that out there. Elizabeth you know, I, I like a good immigrant story. I was born in Colombia. <laughs> Joshua, we're off to a good start, man. I'm with you. <laughs> Elizabeth, you tried it. Jose was so polite. I really did. Just, and Jose would not go for it. That was a test. And of course, he passed back. That was a test of character, right? That was. <laughs> you passed. That was. Great. <laughs> All right. And then rounding us off, we have the ever so wise, quiet. What is it? Um, I don't, I don't want to say small things. What is it? Small things come or in big oh. packages. Uh, dynamite comes in small packages. Mm-hmm. Something I've like never. That. Anyways. Yes. Yeah, I, th I think it's dynamite comes in small packages. That's how I would describe Ariel and her wisdom. So, oh yeah. Right. She's like the modern day like Solomon. It Girl, please introduce yourself. Oh, that is very high praise. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm Ariel. I'm 24, currently dating, and my fun fact was also location based. It was like that I've lived all around the country, probably not in as many places as Josh, but very <laughs> brat, so. But actually my favorite place that I've lived in is the Bay Area, so that's, hey. you don't really that a lot, so. Okay, um, so everyone's lived or been, I just feel really, I've only lived in three cities and I've never been outside of the US. I just want to put myself on mute and just not talk for the rest of the episode. So <laughs> no worries. We're not even going to talk about international travel. We're just going to get right into the roadblocks more to, to relationships and not flights. So we're oh. all welcome in this conversation. Oh, is that that was not supposed to be a clapback. I feel like the reaction made it seem like it was a clapback and it really wasn't because I love Nicole. So, you know, it's OK. I'll take it. But anyways, we can get into the roadblocks now. Now that we've done all our manners, everyone's done their introdu their introductions. Now we can get into, um, I mean, there were so many things that came out of that. Uh, communication, Josh had ambition. I said vulnerability. What did you say? I, I said communication. That's that's Dang. always going to be my go-to. Yeah. But I guess vulnerability could be a, a, a um, like side sub, yeah. sub of, of communication. So, I mean, I guess we can dial into it. You want to start with communication piece there, Elizabeth? Yeah, all my communication folks in the room. Let's see. I really want to hear it. So, Ariel, why did you say communication? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
Yeah, I think it, it does tie in a lot with vulnerability and even just like in the stages of like getting to know a person, it's like communicating um, what the intent of a relationship is or how both of you think it's going, just making sure that you're like on the same page the entire time. I think that's kind of, it can be like a communication dance as you're like getting to know somebody. Um, and even like in a relationship, um, like if you tie it back to insecurity, then it's like being able to communicate what you're thinking, um, which is not like the easiest. I know like specifically like for me, um, uh, yeah. So that's kind of just why it ties in like at any stage, I think. So I was, I was gonna say from Jose, cause Jose, you have like the married. So we got um, two singles, a dating, a married. Josh, I missed your relationship status. I'm sorry. Oh, I must not have been paying hey. attention. I am taken. Okay, ah. dating. So two dating uh, and a married, and then obviously us three lovely ladies that are single on this thing. Yeah, um, but yeah, thank you. Um, but Jose, I know I was. I saw you take your thing. I want to talk to you about the married life and communication and like how that's like start. Like you know, you guys started off as dating. What that looked like yeah. now? Well, when I when I first started dating dating Addy, it was back when I was 17 and we like literally met first week into into college so like we we literally met in orientation week at our college and like you know hit it off and kept hanging out and like just we both brought on so much energy and like passion into the relationship that it ended up being almost like chaotic seriously you just like saw fireworks happening all over the place (laughs) and a lot of poor communication um, across the board. I also had a super heavy accent back when I was 17. So like she could, the language barrier was like times 10. <laughs> um, and we were just really trying to make it work. Um, and I think what really held us through in that period of time was like really trying to look beyond words and trying to sense what people were trying to say behind the words that they were communicating. And I think the toughest thing about communication is that, I mean, I'm somebody who's really literal. So you say something and I'm going to take you for it. Like mm. if, you, if you use a certain word toward me, like I'll hang on to that for mm-hmm. a really long time. And, but she wasn't that way. Like in, in, from her perspective, it's, you know, words were kind of just a tool for me. Like they were definitive. You know, if you use a certain word, that's what it meant. And um, I think what ended up happening between us is like, we really had to really kind of give each other the benefit of a doubt especially me, like I had to give her the benefit of the doubt if she ended up saying something that really ended up hurting me, um, just really realizing that she cared about me, she wanted to make it work, just reminding myself of that um, feeling. And, and that's ultimately what I think ended up really holding us through. You know, now we're in a much better place uh, communication-wise. I think the fact that I've learned more English has helped in that um, <laughs> journey. <laughs> but um, also like, you know, there's a level of maturity that you want to reach mm-hmm. when you, as far as like how you receive words mm-hmm. and how you receive somebody's communication. Mm. That's so funny you say that too, because, you know, last week we talked about love languages. And can I go out and guess, is your top love language or less, at least one of the top ones words of affirmation? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's words words of affirmation. affirmation (laughs) Oh, totally. Hands down. It's, it's words of affirmations and, um, acts of service. Mm -hmm. Top two. And I think it really, I think we we touched on that, but I think it's so true to when it comes to communication, because since like you talked about, like you and your wife, like spoke 
um, kind of two different languages, but you were trying to figure out like, where's the balance of both while also keeping your own personality. Like, you know, because your words of affirmation, um, you can't change to gifts just because maybe if that's what was hers, right? Like you have to um, still advocate for what you needed, but then also find a balance between that. And I feel like what is that takes communication and yeah, what, what you said was so accurate. I feel like it's a little bit creepy because literally Addie's um, main love language is gifts. Oh, wow. Like she's wanted me to. <laughs> she's like wanted me to really cater to that. And I was really good at that. Like when we first started dating. But anyways, different story. I think lately I've kind of dropped the ball with uh, gifts. So trying to get it's back okay. into that it. Should be, hopefully that was a conviction to get back out there and like Indeed. keep buying the gifts. That's right. So you, you know stuff, Elizabeth, always, just, you know, stuff. You know, I just try Please. to be a vessel. Oh my God. Please don't build our head up anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly you can tell words of affirmation is one of my top. So I, I understand, Jose, I understand. No, I was just, I just want like a different twist on like communication. Cause like for a single folk, like communication is way different. Cause we don't have anyone really like, what is our communication? What is the roadblock for a single person is communication? You know, that's, communicating on how to get a date communicating through hinge or whatever dating app you are on like communication for single people is a little different wouldn't you say i i think so but i i see kemi because i know she's about to drop some <laughs> no some no, no no i'm just trying to jump into the conversation here no I, I i get what nicole's saying it's like i i was thinking about a different way but it's interesting that you say that because it's it's all about communication. It's like a different type of communication. It's like instant communication. It's like abridged communication, like your little like blurb that you put in your, you know, hinge profile and things like that and conveying like who you are through that and expecting someone in that split second to decide like yes or no. But um, in addition, I mean, I think with communication for me, it was kind of like, it's funny because Jose was talking about like, literalism in like what you say and for me it was more about like it was similar but it was about being explicit so it was not necessarily people would assume like okay I'm doing these like things for you or spending time together but that's not explicitly saying like you know I can't Ariel touched on that a little bit too like what are we doing here right like it doesn't matter as much as we hang out we spend time it's like be explicit and so for me um yeah, that was something like I've experienced before. And it's like, they were just assuming things, but also it's for me to be like explicit. Like now I like, you know, what I have to lose. Let me just be explicit with you. Like, what are you, what are you seeing? What are you feeling? Things like that. So just some interesting thoughts. That's how I was looking at communication, but. I love all these different little, like how everyone interprets communication, especially like in the different stages or like seasons that we're all in and different relationship statuses and, and things that we're playing. Like just the way that we see communication. Um, I mean, Josh, I'm interested to hear what you have to say. I wanna hear your little perspective, your little side note. Yeah, <clears throat> I'd say I thought of it similar to Jose, kind of how you talk to your partner. And um, when you had asked the question initially, I thought it was like, well, what is, what do you look for in a relationship? Which is why I said ambition, but <laughs> really a uh, roadblock would be communication because that's what you have both like during the good and the bad and that's what you need when the bad times come to get past it mm -hmm. and uh, having that like effective communication of being able to speak as well as listen um, I, I was on TikTok and 
I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> things, things we like now put It's like so subtle, like, oh, and I'm also on TikTok, you <laughs> no. know? I don't know if you guys hey, are familiar a, with the um, publication TikTok, but. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a guy on there who talks about like marriages and like the four apocalypse of uh, marriage, and, was, and they all revolve, revolve around communication. So, like, being. Uh, uh, criticism, content, how you talk, defensiveness, and then mm. I think the last one is like stonewalling. So how you you guys really talk uh, during arguments really breaks or makes a relationship. Can you talk more about like what is stonewalling? Yeah, stonewalling is when somebody just turns away from the conversation. So like midway, you're either explaining your point or like you're explaining the story or asking a question, and the person just walks away. So that's that's the last one. That's the fourth um, horse. Once your partner walks away, then there's really no, like you can't really you you, you can come back for him. But once that happened, that sets a that sets a style of how that communication goes on further in the future. So so I've got to say I've just got to jump in here. <laughs> I, Jose's I, ready. I, I know his head was like yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> okay, I you know in in my relationship, we've uh, we've come across that you know a couple of times. That'll be an understatement. I think we've come across it a lot more. But ultimately, like I just feel like when people even turn their eyes away from you, like I can be very not only liter literal but also like body language is super important mm -hmm. to me Same. in communication. And if we're having an intense argument, I want you to be looking at me. Like I don't want you to be looking away. Like the whole like looking down, et cetera, like looking away, not making eye contact. And and I truly feel like it affects communication tremendously. It's um because body language is like a form of like being engaged. Like that's a form of like you're paying attention. I mean, a lot of us are like or some of us work in education or you know, have been an, an athlete or some sort, but like I always know like when I was coaching, like if my girls had their arms crossed and they're standing there looking at me, like it doesn't look like you're engaged. Yeah, but I'm listening. Yeah, but it kind of looks like you get an attitude and you give that off to the other person. And I feel like body language is such an it's I've been on this kick lately of like intimacy, but I feel like when you're in an whether it's an argument or, or some kind of communication, like body language can also be intimate in that moment, whether you're angry at each other or you're trying to discuss a tough topic. Like if I am making eye contact with you and I'm engaged with you, like then that just makes us like that opens up the communication lines for us to be now be vulnerable, which also is a form of communication that we struggle with because I don't want we don't want let's be honest we, who wants to be vulnerable with somebody else you know I don't want you to know my inside I don't want you to know how my heart's feeling I don't want you in my business no sir like <laughs> we're done I'm gonna just walk away but it's like hey how do we overcome that like how do I earn that to like how how do how do I give you the the honest or not honest but like the real um side of me and like give you that person I think that's one of the things with communication that like breaks down is that I can um just sit there, eye contact, be engaged with you, not just, mm -hmm, yeah, mm, like it matters. Oh yeah, I mean, in, in a way it's a form of communication mm -hmm. or like a form of expressing that you are committed. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're working through really tough situations or tough conversations, that level of commitment looks different. You mm -hmm. know, some for me, it's important to have eye contact, yes. right? To be like physically present. For other people, I don't know. I, I would love to hear from everybody else, but that's, uh, something I always think about. You know, it's interesting you say that though, Jose, because it made me, um, since we're referencing like 
uh, social media. So I was on Instagram and I was reading <laughs> from an account there and they were just talking about how when you're in the honeymoon phase of a relationship, um, you know, really you're just kind of going off of adrenaline and like the whole aspect or the concept of like, you know, butterflies in your stomach and like, the, you know, the excitement behind it, it all people a lot of times associate that with like, that must mean that that is, this is real. And like, this is you are my soulmate, right. Um, but then when really kind of, when you re reach a roadblock in communication, the key to unlock it to get to the other place, again, this is an Instagram therapist, but she's licensed. <laughs> but um, she was just talking about what unlocks the key to get past that communication roadblock is vulnerability because you can go through the honeymoon phase and kind of get through the you know what do you like what about you yeah my favorite color is green too oh my gosh like we're soulmates and like oh you want to live in <laughs> you know like Belgium I want to live in Belgium too but when it comes to the vulnerability of like what are some things that like I'm struggling with or that sort of stuff it's like I see vulnerability like I think Nicole had said too as a big roadblock and so for those uh, who are dating, married, um, and then even I think all of us can speak to what are the challenges with even being vulnerable, and then also like how did you get through that roadblock when you when you faced that? Because it's not easy to be vulnerable, even if you really like the person. I just have a real quick question before we answer that. Where did Belgium come from? Like, how was that your first thought? Um. Honestly, if we were to get into the, the the pathways of my mind, it would just, it would be a whole podcast in and of itself. So, okay. I was just curious. Just know waffles was a part of that. And I like to eat just. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I appreciate it. Okay. Well, back to the question at hand. Anybody want to take it first? No, um, I guess I could, I mean, I, I'll chime in, you know, on it. So I guess your, your question was around like, how, how do you become more vulnerable? Like, or how did you overcome vulnerability as a roadblock? Okay. Um, I think honestly, a lot of it has to do, there's like from a personal kind of like perspective. Cause I think a lot of like what, you know, when we're framing like roadblocks, sometimes we think of it as like what the other person is doing. Like that's, I think our like subconscious inclination, but I think of vulnerability, like for me, it's like a personal work that I had to do on myself. Right. And that was one thing, like before I would try to blame people, like, yes, there is an aspect of like, people have to, you know, gain your trust. And that's a part of, you know, the relationship and communication for you to then be vulnerable. But I think it's also like, you have to kind of do the self-work to understand like why are you afraid to like take risks or be vulnerable or share with people because there are times that the person I mean maybe they weren't fully making me comfortable but it wasn't like I had to be that closed off so there was I like had to do the work myself to you know kind of break down those roadblocks so to say and whether that's therapy I know a lot of people like go through or I mean in therapy again doesn't have to be like you're like you know politically depressed I think a lot of people take that to the extreme like you know just could be a seasonal thing or situational thing um or just you know working on it with people that are close to you just learning to kind of get more comfortable with sharing but I'm rambling but that's some kind of my thoughts about vulnerability <laughs> Kimmy I love that you gave therapy a shout out I think that's yeah. super important. If you're single, married, I'm with you. Like you have to get therapy at some point. 
in your life. I endorse that message. Yeah, it's like, you know, I think people like, especially in relationships, they think about it as like, oh, like, well, I think before this generation, I think we're more in tune with our like selves a little more, but it was very much like, you know, Jose would be like, oh, you're going to like couples therapy or counseling now because you're engaged, you're thinking about getting married. I think that it's like definitely a lot of work you have to do individually, but that's probably a different uh, podcast topic altogether. So <laughs> let me just read it in. <laughs> Kevin's over here about to drop our whole next episode. She's about to be like, all right, <laughs> I got this schedule. Um, I'd be interested. I mean, I know my struggles with vulnerability because I think Kemi touched on a little bit is like, I don't have to, there's certain times where I don't always have to be that closed off, but I choose to be that closed off. And Elizabeth, you had mentioned before, like um, you had asked me a question, like, does everyone need, does, do certain people need to know all of you or something like that? I think you and I were having a conversation and um and my initial answer is no, but then my answer also changed to like, but actually like maybe no, but um, I think that's the hard part is like choosing who gets it, the vulnerability part and when they get it. Um, so with that, like Ariel, I know, I don't, I don't know how much you would like to go into it, but I think um, first and foremost, how long have you been with your boyfriend? Um, maybe two and a half years. We were like friends for four years and then started dating. So we've known each other for like six years. So you could really speak on this vulnerability thing from like a friendship level into like a relationship. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You got got all the tools. Let (laughs) us know. (laughs) Honestly, it is so interesting. Like what you said about, um, like, you know, should we be open like to everyone And at like what times and I feel like when I was like younger I feel like I had the opposite problem with vulnerability it's like I would literally like tell everyone and anyone just like anything (laughs) and then just kind of like in um like mistakes and like learning that like (laughs) oh not everyone like actually has to like you're not they're not really like owed that you know And um, I think it does take kind of a discernment. Like, I feel like um, just like grateful that at least like in my experience, like I was friends with who I'm dating with right now for like four years. So there was not really any kind of rush. And even now, like there's not any sort of rush to just like get it all out. And um, I think that has allowed time to really like step in discernment like in every single part of it and just like I mean it is personal also like what Kemi was saying um just like in doing the work yourself and being able to know that like you're able to have healthy friendships first that you're able to have Mm. like healthy and vulnerable like even like yeah like pastoral relationships and um with like people of like you know, all other like girls or guys, if you're a guy. Um, but yeah, like all that in place beforehand and then discernment along the way, I think um, has helped with that. Just sort of like knowing when to be vulnerable. Um, and yeah, I'd, I'd say now it's <laughs> oftentimes like the opposite is the case, but um, yeah, I think that goes along with like being able to be like vulnerable, like 
I guess taking it spiritual, like being vulnerable with God and like being vulnerable with the people who are like, you know, that are in your corner. And then it's like when the people that like you're dating are also like in that level, like over time or, you know, however long it takes for them to um, kind of show that then. I don't have discernment, so maybe that's mm -hmm. my problem. I was gonna say that is what I that I don't. Maybe I need to get that. Continue, continue to pray for that. For for me, when you say like choosing when to be vulnerable, um, I think in my like growing up, um, if you ask the people that I was intimate with, they'd say I was not a vulnerable guy. Also, I have this like comedic aspect to my life. But one thing that I realized uh, the older I got was um, I didn't really like to share things, especially if the other person couldn't really help me. And mm -hmm. so a lot of vulnerabilities um, items is not like, a oh, the answer is one, like two or something. It's not, a, there's no really a solution. It's something you just kind of like work through more like you just need to talk about it. But for me, I always, if, if that person couldn't necessarily help me with it, then like what's the point of sharing it? And so I really didn't share a lot of things that like I would be facing. Um, and so the older I got, the more I kind of realized, okay, you know, this is kind of what being vulnerable means. And so being aware of that is at least I think it's helping me a little bit more. But that was kind of how I came to that journey of like, you know, maybe opening it up a little bit more, even if that other person doesn't really have that answer they just want to listen yeah um and i kind of have two questions so hopefully i remember the second one but um one brene brown i can remember her by name and i remember she was just talking about there's a difference between honesty and transparency and that um, honesty is when someone asks you a question, you tell the truth. Transparency is offering that information without having to be asked. And I, I mean, Brene Brown said it, so it's like, boom, right? And I, that was so powerful to me because it really did make me think about how do I operate not only in my friendships, but then like when I am in intimate, intimate relationships, how do, um, what does my communication look like? What does my vulnerability within that communication look like? Um, I would say, yes, I'm, a, I'm an honest person, um, but am I always transparent? But I think it was a good point that um, many of you kind of brought up um, and touched on was that I think that um, discernment is really important when it comes to transparency. I mean, as Christians, I mean, we all clearly have um, testimonies about why we, we, we chose Christ and we um, chose our faith, right? Um, and there's different aspects of our testimony that um, we may choose to share and be transparent about. And there are certain situations where it's like, um, I don't necessarily need to share that with people. And so when it comes to vulnerability in general, I think um, knowing when to be honest and transparent to me are the kind of defining lines that I think can sometimes be blurry. And wanting to get you, you all um, to give me your thoughts too about that. Like, do you feel like when it comes to vulnerability, it's a pretty clear line as to when you're honest and then when you're transparent. Yeah, you know, in my case, I see vulnerability more as a, like a sign of, um, a sign of commitment 
because I think vulnerability has to come with intent and it has to come with a purpose, in my opinion. Like, I don't just, you know, I am selective about who I, who I'm vulnerable with, but the people that I choose to be vulnerable with, I'm committed to something or I have a vision or a purpose behind that. And that's really what's kind of helped me sort of navigate that. Like, I know honesty and transparency are kind of blended in with that, but I see vulnerability more as like me letting people into the, the fears and the pains that I experience and the weaknesses that I feel like I have. Because you can be transparent about your strengths. You can be transparent about positive things. So when I feel like there's any fear associated with that, I don't feel like that's a moment of transparency. I think that's a moment of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Transparency for me involves less fear and less, you know, of an emo- like a personal tension in me. Like I fight things that require me to be vulnerable, but I don't fight transparency as much. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of where I go when I think about transparency versus uh, vulnerability. Yeah, I know that that's good because that, that is a good distinction, though, um, because, I, you know, you, you guys are like there's words you've heard all the time, but it's like the way you guys are framing it. It's like, oh, wow. I like never thought of it that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, what was I going to say about um, from a dating perspective? Yeah, that's what I was going to say about like being single and meaning that and wanting to date someone. Right. I feel like I get it's such it's a struggle because I think that maybe it's where I am now and I by no means is 30 old but you're just more like intentional and you you progressively move a little bit faster and quicker through like what you want to know and like how do you deem someone or have discernment right of yes or no you want to pursue this person or continue getting to know this person so given that you start to progressively speed up I think that while it takes time and maybe people don't want to share certain things I also struggle with, well, let me know this stuff up front and like, how do we be more transparent quicker so that not to be blunt, but it's like, you're not wasting each other's time, right? So it's it's a, it's, it's a balance. And look, I'm, again, I'm not the person that like just feel comfortable or divulges anything, but I definitely do see a difference just like over if you like say 21 to 30 now, I'm just like, moving getting to the chase a little bit quicker and like being willing to share like maybe some things that I wouldn't traditionally share within like a month or whatever because we I feel like now the people I approach like we're coming to the same t- the table with the same like thing like dating for marriage right that person doesn't have to be my husband and we'll have to like doesn't have to be like okay now we know um hear you hear you like we are officially gonna be like <laughs> husband and wife but you just, yeah, I think it's just like, as you get older, the, the time frame shrinks for how long it takes you to be vulnerable, so. You yeah. know, you made me think about um, a question. So what would you all say are kind of important things to be vulnerable, vulnerable about in the beginnings of a relationship? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we want to be careful, but about what we kind of share sometimes, because I do think it's important for us to guard our heart and they don't need to know like your deepest, darkest secret on the first date, right? So it's like, but what are the important things that are necessary to be vulnerable about? Quick answer here, the past. <laughs> yeah. It's oh. important to be vulnerable about your past. Um, what about your past, sorry. I think that 
Yeah, correct. That's why I try to make it a quick answer because I don't want to <laughs> unpack it too much. You gave like a quick but super deep answer. So people <laughs> sorry, are like, sorry. what the part of the past? <laughs> I, 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 you're, you're pick, but I think that there's an opportunity to be vulnerable about your past. Um, I know when, when I first started dating Addy, what I feel like really deepened and cemented our relationship within a short period of time where we decided to really be committed and dated all throughout college and got married, et cetera, was when we really started letting each other into our past. I think that just built like a level of intimacy and trust that um, very few things could have created. So like I had to let her into some of like the heartbreak that I had in my prior relationships, some of the fears that I had tied to my prior relationships. Uh, like, you know, prior to dating her, like I was cheated on, um, you know, in the past. And so I had to let her into that. And by being vulnerable about that past and that side of me, even though I wasn't proud of it, right. No guy likes to admit that they were actually cheated on. So like by being vulnerable about that, that allowed her to really shine through with her strengths and what she brought to the relationship, which is like extreme loyalty. Like she's the most loyal person that I've ever met. And, and I think that when I uncovered really quickly, how loyal she is, that, that like cemented the whole relationship. I'm like, this is a, the match that I was sort of waiting for. Like I wanted somebody who would be loyal and committed to me. Jose is so happy when he talks about Addy and cementing that relationship. I just, I know. The it's smile like, we're not even so here. Mm-mm. We're not even here. He's just. <laughs> I've got a photo of her right in front of me. So I'm like, looking at her <laughs> you're just speaking directly towards her. Exactly. Or she's like right above the camera. I'm going to piggyback on what Jose said a little bit. And I think um, being vulnerable, um, I know for me has been um, like a talking about my family, um, very much of like a lot of my relationship struggles, I will say equate to like how I grew up with my mom and dad and coming from a divorce household. And I've never, I don't never really talked about it um, to really anyone. Um, a lot of people that know me from Southern California, like they know my, my mom very well. They know my dad, they know the situation, but I've never actually thought um, speaking about the past in my family and how I grew up. So that would kind of, when you said past, the first thing that came to my mind was like family. Um, I think being, being vulnerable about the family dynamics and what you, and then also like what you expect um, or like how, how you grew up, what your past was like in the household. Um, and that really has affected me um, dating wise. And that kind of goes back like to being cheated on and choosing the wrong partners, which again, this goes to a whole other podcast topic, but um, choosing the wrong people, you know, when you, you see cheating and stuff going on in your household, when you grow up, you kind of, um, you kind of get, that's, that's the people you're drawn to. Um, and so being very vulnerable about the family past and what that can, well, how that's affected you um, to like a, a modern really, or prior present, not prior present day relationship. So when you said past, that's what, that's where it took me. And, and a quick comment that I want to make about that, a quick productivity hack for anybody looking to date, the quicker you can find that out, like the past or whatever it is that really affected them, the quicker you're going to find out what that person is going to project upon you. Because mm-hmm. when we go into any dating relationship, everybody's projecting and you're projecting out of your past usually. So if you can find out that past, you can kind of predict what somebody might project upon you and just try to be proactive about it before it becomes too late, you know, later down in the relationship and 
they act out in some way and it ends up harming you or hurting you. I was the yeah. one in the relationship that acted out. Anyways, Kimmy, over to you. You know, I, I love <laughs> that you say that because it's like, what was I going to say? It's my mind goes so quickly, but it's you, you also, again, everything I say, I feel like has like a caveat, but it's because things life is just like not black and white. I feel like you want to definitely be vulnerable about that stuff, especially like things like family, like I'm sure like all of us to some extent can, you know, relate to how scary that is to be vulnerable about that. Like, that's just like something that's very intimate to you. But at the same time, you want to have discernment and you want to find out this information quickly, but make sure you're not automatically writing someone off based on that information. Like, I think it's like signals and notes that you kind of put like a sticky note in the back of your head. And, but it is true. Like to, to what Jose said is like, then if you like see them act a certain way, then you kind of like go back into your files and see like, is it related to that? And just make sure that look, you're keeping an eye out for it and you're, then communicating like we said (laughs) about it um and obviously this is not going to happen immediately but just not writing someone off entirely like immediately when you kind of learn certain things about them because again it goes back to vulnerability they're being you know they're being open and they're like taking this risk you know so that hopefully you don't judge them right so and I think too like the not judging and like it also I think um I, I think Alyssa did you ask like how did you ask a time Well, not really time, but I think it's important to talk about, um, like, um, and of course, every relationship is different. We know COVID timelines make things, can make things feel like go a lot faster. So timelines can be kind of abstract, but um, yeah, I mean, it could be, do you feel like a month, couple months, or is that where you're getting it? Kemi gave me her brain. Now I forgot what I was going to say because it wasn't, I was just saying time restraints. I can't, we can, someone else can go and I'll come back to Josh looked like, or, or were you saying like, a, what, like when she said like, what, what do you want to share? Are you saying like, what do you want to share within a week? What do you want to share in a month? Is that what you meant? By I think that's what I was trying to, well, no, I think okay. that, and like, it also matters to like what you're, t- what you, like how far along you are and how comfortable you are with sharing. Yeah. Cause then it's like at that same time too, when you are committed to someone when they're vulnerable, like you were saying, Kimmy, like you can't turn your back on that person. And I think that really matters. Um, and, and like, to me, I don't want to say it's like an, a, a deal breaker, but it is like, if I'm going to be vulnerable and we're going to be talking about something um, that is um, not necessarily fearful, but it's something that I don't share with everybody. And you take that and run the opposite direction. Well, now that's, I'm like, was that too early? Now I'm second guessing what I'm doing. And it's like, so I think it's also, it also matters like how, um, how far along you guys are in the process and what the communication was of like the direction of where you're going. Cause I'm not like, if you drop vulnerable, if I'm, if I drop my vulnerability piece and I drop, you know, here's all this, take it. And they're like, uh, girl, we were on our second day. I need you to chill. <laughs> like, you know, like, I think that matters too, is the communication of like where you're going with it, but I'll stop talking, Josh, you can talk. I'm sorry. Oh no, keep, keep going. You know, I'm liking it. <laughs> well, like not to fun. really steer this in another direction, but this is actually for the men folk. Um, there is a stereotype that, um, and stereotypes, you know, are stereotypes, but there is a stereotype that men struggle when it comes to communication relationships and can tend to struggle more with vulnerability than women. Is that true? 
why Josh is already shaking his head. Uh, I that wasn't supposed to personally attack you. I was really just asking for you know just for all men, but I can't I can't speak for all men, but I know for <laughs> I know for myself that one hundred percent yeah. Um, just because I don't know, I feel like sometimes I have a different mentality. Because um, me like me sharing. I find that sometimes hard to do. I can easily talk about like my past relationship and things like that and like what could have been better. Um, but I don't see that as being vulnerable to me. It's just like, I'm just talking about like my experience or something that happened. Um, I think the, like I mentioned earlier, the vulnerable pieces, like I'm slowly working on being a little bit more open about things that really don't necessarily have a solution or like a like a like like your insecurities or stuff like that and get a little bit more open to that and talking a little bit more of that but that came that was like a long process like 26 years in the making so I would say for me definitely I fit in that the old me fits perfectly in that bucket the new me is like 60 (laughs) percent new Josh new me new vulnerability oh that Ryan bars I said bars, but I was on mute. I'm sorry. I was oh. coming for the bars. I was saying I was when like, you said it. I, was, I, was I like, said bars. it, and I just, I just looked around, and everyone was like stale face, and I was like, it's okay. I'm gonna encourage myself. <laughs> no, I, I was still letting what Josh was saying sink, sink in for me, because when you said Elizabeth, when he said, you know, that there's a stereotype, immediately my head went to like there's a stereotype about men running from vulnerability. And I was sensing that from this conversation that, you know, for females, I guess, like there's this fear of being vulnerable and putting yourself out in the open because then the guy's just going to run away. And like, and there's this kind of running away mindset tied Mm. to men. And I'm like, for all the men out there, what do you expect? Like, literally, what do you expect? Bro, like you, you want to get into a relationship, you want to get to know somebody, (laughs) Seriously, what do you expect? You you expect to have a shallow relationship? Are you kidding me? Like, think about longevity, guys. You know, if, if you want to meet somebody, okay, look, it could be too fast. I get it. Like, maybe a week, two weeks in, somebody opening up about something really intense. But, like, I think, I think we're just kind of called to a higher standard from that opinion uh, or from that perspective. Like, we're called to a higher standard as men to really step into that vulnerability phase with more courage and you know this is not a call out for anyone in specific at all um and i I just think like there there's i just know a lot of guys in my life and i've met a lot of guys in my life that have literally passed up enormous opportunities to date phenomenal women because they were just terrified one week or two weeks in so you know what get some courage step out there like you know take that vulnerability for the first couple of weeks or how, however soon it's going to be, take that vulnerability and just step into it. Like that's really what it's about and see how it's going to pay off. It's not going to hurt you to be too vulnerable. I'll put it that way. It's not going to hurt you in my opinion, because if you're vulnerable and they don't like it, they're not for you. Like that's it. Like if, if they're not going to be cool with your past, they're not going to be cool with your experience. They're not for you. Right. Cause ultimately they're going to know it all. Right. Whether it being one year, two years, four years, when you're married, they're going to know it all. So that's kind of my thinking about it. Longevity, they're going to know it all at some point, hopefully. So uh, 
I, I can't. I can't. Elizabeth, I, I no. just want all the guys. I hope that resonates. I hope that hits hard on with all the guys. We're like, we just need some quiet time. I know. There's I like know, this little just, like, like time of silence. Like everyone's the, just... What do you say? Running run into vulnerability with courage? Run into I know. Like, that's but the, that's honestly, the title. I, uh, right? <laughs> We're going to change it. But I really think, and like for me, and I'm not speaking for the other girls on the call, but like vulnerability to me and a man is one of the sexiest things that you can have to put to on offer Amen. to a woman. Amen. And like mm -hmm. to sit in Damn, that space listen up, with guys. Her. No, but I'm serious. Just sit in that space with us and like one to be, allow me to be vulnerable and for you to like to be nope. there and accept that. And then two, for for you to be vulnerable and allow me space to come and do and be in that space with you. Like that is such like one of the most, again, I'm on this intimacy kick lately, but that is one of the most like an intimate way that you like, it's not even, it's just be in that vulnerable space with me, be in that space where you're scared to go, allow me to be in there with you because I want to be in there with you. That's like the epitome of love, right? It's going to your darkest places together and you come out as one, you come out stronger, you know? Anyways, I'm getting off my high horse now. I'm, I'm done, Elizabeth. Oh, well, you, know, you know what's a good question? And, and sometimes I've seen this and I've witnessed it happen too, is how do you, how do you receive that? Um, because I've seen scenarios where like a guy uh, is vulnerable and you know they just start laughing or like you know like 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 it starts off with a chuckle like Haha, oh oh he's he's serious all right like but 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 then once but when once you hear that chuckle you know you're like i don't know about you know you know his mind is already shut up or her mind is like locked up so like how do you how, how do you receive something that comes to you like left field I don't have an answer. Maybe I'm not going to answer your thing specifically. But what I was going to say was that um, on the flip side for men, while yes, they have to be, they have to kind of man up, like no pun intended, and like how to be vulnerable themselves. I think Josh brings up a good point is that we also can't reinforce societal like kind of like stereotypes of like, you know, oh my God, this guy's being vulnerable. Or he's being like, he's weak or something like that's how I assume the chuckle is like you're not like taking him seriously like you're not allowing him to be vulnerable because like society has traditionally like toxic male you know you know culture is just that they don't they aren't vulnerable right so it's also like us as women like I'm I'm, I'm, I'm like as you can tell I just kind of like always trying to see it from both sides because I just think that's just yeah what we need to do but don't reinforce that ladies as well when they try to be vulnerable so, I mean, I, I would want to know, like, what's wrong with the chuckle? Like, no, if somebody chuckles and you're being vulnerable, like, no, I just, I, I, I'm curious to know, like, what's wrong with laughing at pain? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> no, look, look the, the way that I see it is that, is that people are naturally going to feel uncomfortable by certain things, especially vulnerability. And I, and I think that, okay, like, if, if somebody's kind of chuckling a little bit, they probably just don't know how to deal with it. And so my thinking is like, they don't know how to deal with it. That's part of the process in a way. Like you're probably gonna, because what you're doing is by kind of pioneering that and being vulnerable, you're now kind of unlocking that in them. You're allowing them to do that. So initially they're probably gonna be like, oh shoot, like, I don't know how, I don't know what to do with this. Like this might be a little bit too much, but that's where you kind of let people prove themselves. You know, you give them a little bit of time, you kind of see how it's gonna play out. And if they press into it, hey, that's a win, right? If they don't press into it, then, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's not going to work out. 
I like that. And I think it speaks to the fact that relationships and getting to know people, especially on an intimate level, like it is a risk. And I think when it comes, and, and it's not a risk in a bad way, right? I mean, we take risks all the time. We take a risk in applying for a job that we really want. We take risks when it comes to, you know, all of us or most of us have, have moved away from our hometowns or um, taken a risk of going to another state or country and not knowing what we're going to, what's going to happen when we get there. And I think when it comes to relationships, um, I know that um, I, I kind of like also a sense of control. I know that is a something that I'm always working on to be quite honest. And so it's kind of like, well, how much risk will I take with this person? And if I am vulnerable in this way, or if I communicate a certain aspect of myself, am I gonna risk losing out? But I, I really like what Hosea said. And I think a lot of us would either agree with or have also said too, is the fact that they're gonna find out anyway. So you're not holding some deep, dark secret. And if you plan on holding that secret your whole life, you're not actually, they're not gonna marry or date you. They're gonna date this, this image that you put off. And I can only imagine how exhausting that would be, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, so take, I mean, relationships are a risk, but we have to be willing to know that when we're vulnerable, we're really just advocating for ourselves. Like if I, I know that I, can tell really long stories, right? Even though some people that might seem like a really small detail, what's important for me is someone who listens. And so I have to be vulnerable when I know I'm going heavy into the detail and I'm telling a bunch of what others would call unnecessary facts, even though all of my facts and details are necessary. There's no need to clear your throat, Nicole. Uh, <laughs> I'm speaking my truth and being vulnerable. And I know that in being that, like, Someone might not. Someone may not like that about me, but I want to take the risk until I find someone who sits there and listens and like asks follow up questions and is like, "No, I really like your stories." And I'm like, "Thank you." So it's all a risk, and no it doesn't risk, have to no be a reward. bad risk. Yep, and it doesn't have to be a bad risk, and we have to perceive it in a negative connotation that it is a risk. I, I love what you said about like advocating for yourself. That is a really good way to put it, because that's really what you're doing, right? Through vulnerability, really showing yourself as standing for that. I'll I'll be a better listener. I feel like that was. I feel like I need to accept. No, you are piece. a great listener. You are trust guys. Me, I will say, that's my friend is a good listener. They have to be. Her story <laughs> sometimes. I, I can't help it. I don't know what like not no comment so we, I know. No, we no stay one on the good side so we stay on the good side <laughs> and you know what I'm gonna like I said I'm gonna advocate for myself and I'm going to <laughs> I know I really when I tell stories I just I feel like I need you to feel what I experienced and see what I saw when I saw it and that's what I'm going to share with you and you know all my friends just know this and they just nod their head and they kind of sit silently like you guys are doing now um and just wait for the story to be over beautiful stories and we appreciate all of them so i forgot again i was listening jose started talking and i forgot what i was going to ask your follow-up a follow-up question for you and i really i don't know what's going on with my brain tonight but i can't remember anything so well i do have a question for ariel so i feel like when you 
I mean, you came into your relationship from a friendship aspect. So do you feel like going into that, and I know you kind of touched on it a little bit when it comes to just communication, vulnerability, and some of those roadblocks, do you feel like looking back in hindsight, it probably was a little bit easier? Or when you, you know, when you go from friend to to boyfriend, that's a whole different relationship change, which comes with different expectations and everything. So do you feel like um, trans, like transitioning from, you know, friend to boo thing was difficult in those areas of being vulnerable or did it make it easier to start off as friends? Yeah, I mean, there was definitely like an ease in terms of like we already knew each other, like we'd been around each other enough and um, we knew like we would, you know, like pray for each other as friends, like, hey, brother in Christ, hey, sister in Christ, like Not any prayer request, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we knew like general struggles and stuff, but I would say that there was definitely like a line. Um, I, yeah, just like a line when we did um, decide to like actually be in like a romantic relationship um, in terms of vulnerability. And so there is like work, I feel like even if you start out as friends, although it does, yeah, like kind of make the initial things a lot easier. There's still like a laying out of intentions. I remember, especially like the time period between us when we were like friends, but we knew, you know, we had feelings <laughs> and deciding whether or not to like take it to the next level. Cause I was like about to graduate and like leave um, the city. But um, yeah, I think there's still like a level of intentionality that needs to be set, which is like, it does require a different level of vulnerability because it requires you to like actually lay out um, kind of what you want. And I know that like we were talking a lot about vulnerability in terms of things that have happened in the past, but I also think that there's a level of vulnerability, like when you talk about your dreams and the things that you want, like in the mm. future. And so, yeah, I think mm -hmm. you could be honest and be friends with someone who like knows your past, knows your present, but then kind of what's in the future is like a whole another kind of level. And to keep up with that, like throughout a relationship, because like Christian dating is so interesting because you like <laughs> normally, you know, have the intention of getting married and then you're together like you're not single you know discerning or doing your own thing and so you're like constantly every step is like discerning if you know we should still be going in the same direction um, and that takes like a level of vulnerability like all the time to just continue to like put out there what god is speaking to you to put out there what you're thinking and feeling um, mm -hmm. while you're kind of not in this state of like being covenant committed to each other but not like separate you know Hashtag covenant committed. We got a lot of <laughs> trending uh, hashtags for this one. Love it. Yeah, that's good, Ariel. Uh, you know, having dated Addie in a private Christian school and like thinking always about, man, what's the destination? A lot of pressure. You had this whole like rain by spring sort of mentality in, in college where, you know, you graduate and we literally did that to the T. Like I proposed, we got married, you know, we've been married out for like six years. But you kind of go in with that, you know, curiosity in the back of your head, like, hey, are we really going to do this to like get married? Like, is this really what's going to be happening? And I just feel like that's sort of unique. Well, not, not necessarily unique, but it could be unique to 
to uh, like the Christian circle. It's like, you know, when we date, we kind of have that sort of mind and it can, it can scare people away, you know, especially if you're dating somebody who's, who's not a Christian, like they'll be like, man, this person's already thinking about marriage. Like I'm not even there yet. I just want to kind of, you know, I guess, taste the waters or test the waters, whatever it is, and just kind of get a feel for the, the relationship and see how it's going to work out. And, you know, it, it, it's really hard. I, I mean, I, I would tell you, I would not want to be uh, <laughs> dating now because I feel like there are so many different, it, it's just so much out there. Like, you know, you've got all these apps, dating apps, you've got so many things, you have so many options, but like, how can you kind of be in that lane committed to like, is this going to be about, getting married anyways i see the core reacting so you triggered all of us you triggered so many of us we're like we know jose thank you thank you like like, there's like little to no covenant commitment in that (laughs) but you know what i was gonna say i was gonna say you know i'll I'll guess all my friends that are either married or relationships are just like oh my god you know they're just like pity party for me about the dating apps which is just funny to me but um i feel like you know, you talking about feeling there's so many options. I we I wanted to ask Elizabeth and Nicole what were the other roadblocks people mentioned, but I wonder, like, I think you had mentioned intentionality or somebody said that. So I think it's kind of related to what like Jose was saying as well. I don't Absolutely. know how people keep up folks like that. And it's like you have to be even more intentional now. Like and but it's like you're fighting against this culture that's just like swipe right on five hundred people, but how can you be intentional with that, you know? So that's just like <laughs> no I you know you brought up a good point that actually yeah was definitely one of our roadblocks that we um got from people was that when it comes to intentionality and this was even pre-COVID honestly I think intentionality has always been I think key to um kind of progressing in a relationship if you're not intentional and it's like one day we you know one day across another you don't know if you want to be in a relationship not want to be in a relationship that's not going to work so I think so much of what Jose said, but I, like Kemi had asked too, like what ways do you, can we be intentional in relationships? So yes, within the Christian community, intentionality when it comes to like marriage, right? Like you can know that. And, and I think it also bleeds over into being vulnerable. Is that first date conversation? Is that, you know, after thing, you know, things are getting serious, you know, all of these things about intentionality, I think are really important because when we talk about advocating for ourselves, it's like, what do we want to make sure that our, our future partners are um, the people that we're dating know that we are intentional about, I will say, I know I'm intentional. I want to date for marriage, not saying that every relationship is may end in marriage, but that is the purpose for why I am dating. So what would you guys say about like your intentionality when it comes to dating? Oh, Elizabeth's coming for y'all. Just Always. Just to know that. Every episode. Don't everyone jump at once, but <laughs> I'm thinking. Elizabeth does this. She has this great way of putting people on the spot. Um, and even myself, because I didn't even know that question was coming. So I don't even have an answer prepared. Either. I didn't know that question was coming. It's Jose's fault. He brought up the, he brought it up and then it made me think. All right, that. fine, fine. Okay, I'll, I'll jump <laughs> in. I, I've got a story tied to, you know, when I first started dating Addie, but like literally second week into knowing each other, she like sat me down. And I remember like vividly the, the whole like scene, the table we sat at. We could probably go back to our university and like literally sit at the same table and recognize it. But like she sat me down and she's like, hey, 
you know, if we're going to date, it's going to be for the long haul. And like, that's, that's what she like straight up told me. And, you know, me being kind of this having language barrier, just trying to figure out what she's saying. Like I took that ass, she's going to date me to marry me. So like the next week I was like straight up in my head, like replaying it over and over again. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like if I date her, like I have to be committed to, to marrying her. Like that's what it's gotta be about. Never went back and clarified, but sort of like made up my mind in the moment that, Hey, this is going to be like with the intention of getting married at some point. So like, I don't know, for me, it ended up working. Like, I think it really, you know, helped for her to like go into it with that intentionality. And it, it sort of like forced me to be committed to, because, you know, I was a freshman at college, wanted to get to know people, wanted to date around, et cetera, you know. Um, and so like when she came to me with that, I think she kind of took, um, took hold or like kind of steered the ship a little bit in, in a way that I couldn't at that point in time. And, and, you know, many times, like, it could just end up being, you know, that way where, like, somebody has to steer the ship a little bit more and see if the other person's going to follow with that intentionality. And if not, then kind of move on and find somebody who would be aligned with that. Yeah, I think intentionality, I know we're talking about it from a perspective of, like, what are your intentions? Like, where is this going? But I think it's also, like, just intentional in, like, the day-to-day -day of dating, like, intentional of with making time intentional with, we already talked about intentionality with communication and things like that. So I think we also just have to think about just like intentionality being being present, right? So if you're not intentional, if you're not being present, um, yeah, those are, those are roadblocks to getting to know someone like, and I'm speaking from personal experience, like just things that I've learned about one, it was tied to vulnerability and then it was the intentionality of making time, right? And I was like in management consulting, I was like, flying around. I was like, I'm tired on the weekend. Don't bother me. Um, you know, so um, intentionality also in the day to day, not just like the long haul where you're going. So that's such a good ad because I think that um, I can speak for myself and I'm not going to speak for everyone. But um, when you are dating and you have these goals, these goals or these ideas of like where you want to end up, like sometimes you can lose sight of what's going on or right in front of you with that other person. And you can miss, you just miss moments. You miss thoughts. You miss, you miss time growing with that person or like seeing that you miss not physically seeing, but like seeing that person and like right. getting those moments with that person. So I like that, Kemi, very much. Elizabeth. Sorry. No, no. Oh, I, I thought you were gonna say something. No, I just was I was just saying like yes, Queen. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Josh, what about you and this intentionality? You've been kind of quiet over there, guy. I know he's like rubbing on his like, you know, beer like in just deep thought. And so oh. like we're just ready for what you have been processing. Uh, I think I am on the uh, when 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 I was dating or when I dated, marriage was always the end goal and it still is, um, but it was never like, I never, I would let people know, oh yeah, I'm dating to eventually get married, but that's not like the main driver. I think I was kind of what would be just um, dating for that experience and then getting to know someone. And then through that, using that to kind of see if that would be a person that I could potentially marry. So I would say when we talk about intentionality, um, 
I, I was intent on letting them know, hey, this is what I'm doing. I am thinking of marriage, but it's not at the top list, right? But if something that you do affects that decision, then, you know, we'll have to go our separate ways. But being intentioned like that, I think that at least helped me with, um, first one, not stressing too much about who I met, you know, I just go in for the experience and have a good time. Um, but to also help them, because when they're also familiar with what your motives are, you know, then they can make an informed decision if this is what they want or not. He was rubbing the beard for a reason. He was getting his <laughs> That's what I was I'm, gauging. I'm, and I was just I'm like, leashing. He was just <laughs> like, you just wait until I start speaking. Um, but to go back, Kimmy, to your question, because you would ask, like, um, we talked about um, selfishness. Uh, like you said, other topic or like other, is what you asked, right? If there are other. Yeah, like if, what other, if, if I know we all said it at once. I know a bunch of people said communication, but I didn't know if there's other, there are other roadblocks that came to people's mind. I'm curious. Um, maturity, selfishness. Hmm. I mean, selfishness was one that we had talked about. I think that one kind of hits really hard through the heart. Because um, like selfishness, like you kind of have to look at yourself first, like you're, you're being selfish kind of thing. Um, and that, that encompasses so many different, you could be selfish in so many different areas. Um, uh, a roadblock, I mean, age, but I wasn't really sure if that's like, we kind of touched on that in the first season, but like, is it a roadblock? Is it not a roadblock? Does it matter? Is maturity? Cause like maturity goes with age and like, but maturity could also be like spiritual maturity and like your relationship with God. Like there's just, there's, I, I keep going. You know, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> no, but it's true. I mean, I feel like when we talk about age, um, I think more so when it comes to relationships, it talks more so about like the maturity. And yeah, it breaks off into so many different sections. Like Nicole said, it, like spiritual maturity and like what, you know, when we talk about equally yoked, I think the Bible really more so speaks to it in the regards of like dating a, a non-believer. But even as Christians, I think we probably have all had our own experience when it comes to like spiritual maturity and meeting someone who um, is a Christian or, you know, a new buzzword is like spiritual. Um, and so how does that match up with your faith and like um, your level of maturity and, and what's important for you and being intentional about communicating what is intentional or what is important to you. Um, but yeah, also selfishness. I think a big thing I always think about too there is like sacrifice and um, you know, time, like your, your vulnerability, like we talked oh. about. And I think so many of these things are super important for you to get to truly know somebody, you know, and yeah, I mean, are there any ones, any other ones that you feel like we've missed? What do people need to know? I think unspoken expectations Ooh. can be a major roadblock. Um, just people going in and, you know, we're talking about being intentional and communication and stuff, but I think underneath that, like everybody has a lot of expectations going into anything. Um, and you know, guys could go in being like, I just want to have a good time or I want this to be a distraction or I want this to be like a little bit of, you know, company right now that I just want in the midst of COVID. Like, I don't know, uh, I'm not single, I'm not dating around, but it's COVID and I can imagine I'm a guy, I can imagine like you want some company, you want some companion. If you don't, I'm concerned, but, um, <laughs> You know, it, but whatever Jose that is. speaking to somebody who's listening. I love <laughs> living, living vicariously through the singles and COVID. <laughs> it, it is so much fun. Oh, my gosh. Um, 
but 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 I really think like when you go into anything, you you always have expectations. They're, they're inevitable, right? Mm-hmm. So the the moment that you start kind of suppressing that and not speaking it out, hoping that it'll just go away somehow, magically, like it's gonna hit you at some point in the relationship. And I think that expectation expectation misalignment can really kind of turn that experience a whole different way. So that that's my thinking around unspoken expectations communicate them communication and it's hard like you know communicating your expectations of someone else communicating your expectations for yourself i think is where it starts so you have to communicate your expectations for yourself in that relationship or whatever that sphere is that you're going into but i think even that sometimes communicating to yourself of what your unexpected your your expectations of yourself are before you're putting stuff onto other people but that's just my little add-on but that's a good one jose i i did not i did not think about that and that's that's definitely a good one i was just gonna add pride to like oof road road come on but that's like really in any relationship like whether it's a friendship or even like family just that and that kind of ties along with selfishness i thought that was like an interesting one that you said because i feel like we can approach dating and like discerning of like oh what you know, does this person kind of meet all the criteria or is everything that they do like in alignment with what I want to see or like, you know, kind of a pass fail kind of deal like along the way. Um, But really like, it's not like a switch happens like in dating, it's all about taking and figuring it out. And then when you get married, all of a sudden you just like pour out and give everything. Like, <laughs> like there's, there's like a, a bleed in, you know, in between stages too. And just knowing that it's not like a, all of a sudden a switch like happens. I will say, I'm just, I don't know where you were going to go with Elizabeth, but I think um, when we talk about all these things and I think, um, I don't know if someone had, I thought someone had said it earlier. It's just, all of the things that we have talked about that have been a, that can be a roadblock to a relationship. It's also like, we can sit in that. And I think about my relationship with God and like how many times I've not wanted to be vulnerable or share those things. And it's like, hello, he already knows. So what are you holding back for? You know? So, um, but it's like, even like the selfishness or like the intimacy or communication with God, like we wrestle with so many things. And like, sometimes like, I'm not going to lie. I, I forget to communicate with God with what actually is on my heart or what I'm feeling. But I will say that my relationship, building my relationship with God in the past couple of years has made me be more um, vulnerable with people, which has allowed me to open up, which has allowed me to um, to let more people into my bubble, um, which I am not a bubble person. I don't, you don't need to be in my business. I am not that person. Um, but I will say, um, I just wanted to plug that real quick. Plug God, plug God. But, um, but yeah, no, I think the more that we dive in and we kind of talked about the spiritual maturity, but like the, the more that we dive into God and the more that we're vulnerable with him, I think it has made me more emotional with people in a good way, not emotional. Like, Oh, like I'm a crybaby and I'm just like, really like super into my feelings and upset all the time, but being able to communicate my emotions and my feelings on a deeper level, whether that's a friendship or a relationship or whatever the case is. Um, so if I can encourage anybody out there, dive into God, dive into that relationship. I, I mean, he's taught me so much about myself that I'm ready to take into my next relationship. Um, and like, it's, 
it's hard to communicate with him sometimes. It's really, it really is. But I think when you get to that, the bottom, like the deep root of like that communication and you're able to hash those things out, he's given, he gives us so many tools on how to effectively communicate with ourselves and other people. Um, so yeah, that's, I'm, I'm done talking. All right. You got extra gems. You were, you were metaphorically also rubbing on your wisdom beard. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. But no, I think everything that everyone has shared has been amazing. And I just, I would really love um, for all of you to be able to share just like, what is one way that you have over, either overcome a roadblock in your relationships or are working to overcome a roadblock in, for future relationships? You're really coming today. Again, Kemi said earlier, don't everyone jump at once. Jose's like, I'm going to go first again. Yeah, please. (laughs) So speaking of, speaking of, (laughs) uh, speaking of therapy, so I'm I'm going to therapy now um, with Addy and and we're talking about, you know, some really deep stuff, like even career stuff and, you know, the way that I perceive work and the way that I approach work and, um, how much of my identity I tie with my work, et cetera. So just kind of working through a lot of things with that. And I, I felt so challenged by that, that it's almost annoying. Like I really don't like it. You know, it just, it feels like I'm being chiseled and it feels painful to be going through that process. And I'm literally in the middle of that. Um, but I know that it's important for me to really talk openly through it. So what, what's really helped us kind of get through, you know, things like this and even be able to, to work through kind of a roadblock that we're facing now where, you know, we just have different perspectives and ways of approaching things. It's just like allowing yourself to be challenged um, and just embracing that. I think we may like to challenge people, but we don't really like to be challenged ourselves in certain ways um, that really poke certain buttons and you start like reacting a certain way. So um uh, that, that's really what's helping us work work through that uh, roadblock currently. Challenges are a good place for growth to happen. Probably the best place to, for growth to happen, in my opinion, but I'm only speaking for myself. I digress. And for me. Always. Yeah. I mean, I could share. I feel like for me, um, the vulnerability part really resonates with me because that is something that I had to chisel away at and I love Nicole that you brought it back to just like relationship with Christ because um that was definitely a big part of it like I had to and and Jose dropping like the bit about identity um I know it wasn't directly related but um remembering like who I am in Christ right and building a relationship with him getting more vulnerable like in that space and then and not like saying like, what's the worst that could happen now, but you just feel more secure in who you are. Um, and definitely speaking to someone, therapy, um, and practicing that way as well. Uh, so um, yeah, you can, you know, someone said in a meme or whatever, like you can, you know, have Jesus and therapist, like, it's okay, everybody just, you know, talk it out (laughs) and then yeah so practice I think practice 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 with vulnerability and like just praying alongside it because um it's still gonna hurt when you you know are vulnerable but through that practice and remembering just who you are in Christ you kind of just 
it gets easier and easier to bounce back a little bit. So I really like that. And if I could also just say like as single women, a single people, um, to your point, practicing, uh, you don't just practice when you're in the relationship, like we can practice in our friendships. I know Nicole and I have talked about this is that um, even though yes, an intimate relationship and a friendship relationship definitely have their differences. I think there are a lot of core similarities and characteristics that you still need to be a good friend. And so um, some of those roadblocks in friendships still occur, like, you know, um, you have to be vulnerable to really be a good friend or get, become a close friend. You have to be available. You can't be selfish. Um, you have to, you know, communicate. Um, and so look at your friendships, even as a single person. I think it's so important to look at those friendships and see, like, how am I as a friend? And I think that's a really great way to kind of practice for a relationship. So I like that. Josh or Ariel? Yeah, I think so. Questions, just like things that have helped like with roadblocks. Okay, so I think in terms of like communication um, and vulnerability, just kind of like what Kemi said, like knowing um, like who you are and Jose with like identity, just like in Christ, um, knowing that like, like you're worth being like listened to um and being able to you know say what's on your heart and like what you need to say um and then also like that the other person is like also worth like listening to and like respecting as a friend like you said like the best relationships are like the best friendships um and yeah I feel like yeah just being able to like submit um to that, like knowing your identity of yourself and knowing the identity of the person like in front of you too. Yeah, so being the last person to speak, everything you guys said. <laughs> um, and one thing that uh, I have or I do like because of COVID is um, it kind of takes away a lot of the distractions and lets you single out on um, uh, certain things and for me that's been uh, with uh, my partner and so we talk a lot more right there's nothing else to do but talk and uh, we also play like a lot of card games and there's been a couple card games you know those ones that like ask questions and things like like how would you describe me to your friends or things like that where they're like small little questions but open up a conversation where you can be vulnerable or you can you know what no one's really asked that question in that way um, these are my thoughts about it. So I think um, of my advice to overcoming um, communications issue is like taking a step back and, you know, it could be as simple as playing a game and asking those like questions that are, are phrased in a way where it allows you to express what your true intentions or opinions are. And then it'll also give that other person a way to, you know, receive that and take that and analyze it. Um, in the in the best way possible. Y'all are y'all are just amazing, and I hope anyone listening um, has definitely recognized uh, just a lot of similarities that they have all shared. I think that we have all shared, um, and I think even though we might be in different relationship 
status positions. I think ultimately it's the fact that no matter what um, level of, of, of relationship we are with someone, there are still things that um, can be roadblocks along that way. And we are always going to be a work, um, a constant, um, be in constant development um, as people. And so it's just being able to recognize what are some roadblocks that are coming up, even if you've been married for, you know, six years, or maybe um, you've been single for a long time, whatever it is, there are things that we can always continue to work on. And being able to, I think, be vulnerable about, about those things, like I think, like so many of us have been tonight, uh, I think can be really freeing to other people to know that um, a lot of the things that we experience in relationships are not unique to only us. And that I think a lot of us kind of go through the, some of the same roadblocks all the time. And we can also come overcome it as a community um, just by talking about it. So mm-hmm. um, I really appreciate all of you um, who are listening and also all of our esteemed guests today who joined us. And um, we would love to also just talk about next week though, um, as we'll have some new guests. So in order to uh, not have to introduce that topic, I'm just gonna go ahead and give it to Nicole. So I guess I will do it. Uh, We're gonna get into an episode and we are going to talk about um, about sex and <laughs> abstaining, abstaining, what yet, what? No, it's just, I feel like you have to get like the gasp when you say that oh, in, the, in the Christian community. Oh like, but gosh. what does it mean? I feel like we have to like definitely define what we mean. When we so talk we're going to talk about um, abstinence um, and celibacy. If there's a difference between the two, what different perspectives they are. Um, we actually are going to have a couple on here who um, took, you know, they wrote it out until marriage together. So um, yeah, we're going to talk about it. Fl- what is it? What do we say? Fling fleeing from um, oh flee from the like the biblical term yeah flee, flee what, from what? sexual immorality yes. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned because we were going to get into um to an episode about like i said celibacy abstinence what the difference is um fleeing from sexual immorality and i think i said that right and yeah so stay tuned for next week because it's going to be um i don't want to say a doozy because that sounds really it's a doozy. But it's, I think what it's going to, I can definitely say it's, um, it's going to be an open and honest conversation that mm-hmm. I think that um, in the church community, it's a topic that sure. often isn't talked about. And I think it's a topic that um, at any age that you did learn about it, um, it, I think it's really important as believers for us to be able to talk about it in the church so that we can understand like what does our what does our faith call us to do like what does like the word talk about um sexual immorality what does that mean what does that mean to you and your personal relationship with christ and you know it's if we don't talk about in the church we're going to talk about it um outside of the church and so i think it's really important that we have that conversation um might as well bring it to the table bring it to the table so Mm. Definitely stay tuned. Definitely Um, stay tuned. Yes. Follow us on Instagram at real talk underscore real love underscore real God. Um, Yeah. Stay plugged in with us there. Make sure you follow us on all um, of your, what is it? Your um, streaming platforms. Yes. Platforms. Streaming platforms. Social media pages. Yes. Follow us. Give us comments, feedback, share, like. 
Share, subscribe. like, comment, follow, subscribe. That's the one I missed. That that's it right there. Yes. Thank you, Elizabeth. All right, well, I'm done plugging. <laughs> As always, I'm Elizabeth. And I'm Nicole. And this is Real Talk. <laughs> Real love. <laughs> I just, okay. Wait, uh, real God. Real God. I lost it. And take two. And as always, I'm Elizabeth. And I'm Nicole. And this is Real Talk. Real love. Real God. Woo! Yay!